Welcome to the Alabaster Bible, an anthology short fiction podcast focused on gothic horror and magical realism. Please be warned that this podcast may address themes that are unsettling or triggering to some listeners. Content warnings will be provided before each episode, and listener discretion is advised. Today's episode is The Market of Rare Things. This episode contains content warnings for discussions of suicide and gender issues. I now invite you to come in, make yourself at home, and listen to the tales of the Alabaster Bible. James did what was asked of him. He took the stairs two at a time, counting down from ten to none, and then stopped. He turned right, and the passageway was there. He hadn't seen it on the way down, but supposed it was only a trick of the light. That was the simplest explanation, even though it was wrong. He walked down the passageway, watching the light from the stairwell grow dimmer and dimmer, and fading into a red glow that seemed to come from everywhere, nowhere at once. And as soon as it reminded him of the twilight on his 15th birthday, the last birthday he'd had before it all came crashing down, he stopped in place. He closed his eyes and counted backward from ten to none, and then stopped. When he stopped, he imagined the one thing he'd wished for time, and time and time again when things got their worst. No matter how objectionable or distasteful it was, He was supposed to imagine it. James imagined sliding away, the feeling of consciousness leaving him for one final time. And it didn't matter how, as long as it happened. The finality was the important part. He focused on that singular moment and breathed in, held the breath, counted from ten to none, and let his breath out again. When he opened his eyes, he was standing in the middle of the store, Like an old pawn shop from a movie, it was filled with items whose origin and purpose James could only guess at. Everything blended together in a meaningless blur of color and shape, and the only thing definite was that there was a heavy wooden counter at one end of the store, and there was a woman leaning up against it, smiling at him. You've been long enough in coming. James nodded and tried on a smile, but it felt wrong right then. Smiling was for later. Right now, he had business to attend to. He started to explain why he was there, the instructions half-whispered by an old friend and the way he'd skeptically followed them. Skeptically, but dutifully. She cut him off. It doesn't matter. You're here now. You came here when you were supposed to. Everyone that gets here does. James stepped toward the counter and started to stammer out an explanation, but the woman put up a hand. You're here because of the dreams. The kind that follow you into waking. The kind that sit in the back of your mind and won't stop. The kind that came from reality and want so desperately to get back there. Wordlessly, James nodded at her and she smiled again. I can help, but there is a price. Of course there was a price. He reached for his wallet, but it wasn't there. The woman smiled once more and there was more sadness and hope in that smile than he could know. The price is understanding. And James woke up. 
James did what he was supposed to. He walked backwards around the pillars and threaded his way carefully between the two equidistant columns without looking. There was a hole with a ladder, and he climbed down while thinking about the first time he'd wondered what was wrong with him. The very first time, he felt like maybe something was broken inside that would never be fixed. At the bottom of the ladder, he turned around and faced the oaken door with no handle. The next part would be difficult. He closed his eyes and remembered that it didn't matter, because the person who could hurt him was thousands of miles away and locked in a cage now. When he opened his eyes, he was in the shop once more, and the woman was smiling at him. You're back again. James nodded. This time he wasn't as sure what he wanted, but it felt more important than before. You're here because you don't know who you are anymore. The things that defined you for so long have lost their meaning, because those things never defined you to begin with. And now you've realized that you were hurting more than you ever knew. She looked at James for a while, but he said nothing. The dreams, they come less often now. He shrugged. In time, they'll be little more than a hollow memory of a time you've lived beyond. And this new thing, I can help you. But it comes with a new price. James nodded. Understanding was something he could live with. But the woman laughed. No, more than that this time. This time... The price is what you thought you wanted. And James woke up. The path was set with flagstones buried in the soft loam of the earth, and the sky above was hidden by a thick fog. James skipped the flagstones one after the other, hopping along. He counted down from ten to none, and then crouched in place. In front of him, the pond revealed itself, and he held a smooth stone in his hands. He threw the stone as far as he could out into the fog and heard the light splash of the water as it broke. Before the ripples reached the shore, James closed his eyes and thought of all the questions he'd asked but never thought to answer. He knew what he would see when he opened them again. Her laugh was dry, but it was warm like an inviting fire in the depths of winter. She smiled with her eyes this time. You missed my company, I see. James shrugged. He supposed it was true enough that he did, even though he didn't even know her name. Soon enough, I suppose. What troubles you now? James started to explain how everything he thought he'd wanted had turned into something else. The very foundations he'd built more than ten years on top of were crumbling, and strangely... He felt as if it was the best thing that had ever happened to him. Sometimes we lie to ourselves because it's easier. Or because it's all we know. James nodded. It's not dreams anymore, is it? It's the sense that something more is lurking out there. The feeling that you're almost at a point of understanding everything. But there's one final piece yet to fall into place. James paused and he could feel his eyes growing wide the staring look of unbelieving, because everything she said had the haunting sound of truth to it. I can help. It was all she said, and James knew there was another price. The woman smiled in the old way, the way that suggested lonely places built on top of graves. The price this time is all that you thought you were. 
and James woke up. James descended the ladder, their hands clinging to the rungs so tightly that the blood ran out of their knuckles, because the ladder had no beginning and no end, and they knew that to let go would be to fall into forever. And when James reached the bottom, they closed their eyes and counted, from a number known only to themselves to a number known only to the world, and then they opened their eyes, and there was only darkness. In the darkness, James felt in their pocket, and they brought out a lighter, a lighter they'd never seen before, and on it was a name that they didn't know yet, and they flicked the lighter three times, and the world grew bright around them. The woman was there once more, and James was standing closer to the counter than the last time, close enough that they could almost make out something familiar in her face. She wasn't smiling this time. This is the last time we'll meet like this. It had an ominous sound to it, but James moved closer because they had to know. Had to know what all of it meant. You're so close to it now, aren't you? To feeling like those pieces found their place. To knowing what the meaning you sought for so long was. James nodded. You've been thinking on it now, haven't you? Back on what everything meant. You're just looking for that final piece. James asked her to stop speaking like this, to stop talking in riddles, and just tell them what the price would be for her help. And when they said this, she laughed, and that laugh sounded just like the one they'd heard a hundred thousand times before. The price this time, the price this time, is your life. James stood and thought for a moment, but only just. After the moment passed, they nodded and reached out their hand. And Jane woke up. Jane stood behind the counter, the one she only saw in her dreams, and waited. She waited for a while, but it never felt like more than a few minutes. The instructions given were always clear and always specific, and never beyond the ken of those given them. The girl appeared at the doorway, far away now, not quite ready, but close. Jane smiled at her, a smile worn with age. Trembling, the girl approached and explained that she felt like she wasn't herself anymore, that she'd been living for so long without really living. She was afraid, because living meant exposing yourself to others, and others could be cruel. Jane nodded, and she could see all of this laid out before her, as if on a map to a destination that was obscured to the one making the journey most of all. That she would see this girl four more times, that twice she would tell her what she needed to know, and twice more what he needed to know. And every step would hurt a little, sometimes a lot, but every step was one more toward the truth. And if this person wanted the truth, then that was what they would receive. I can help, but there is a price. Please wait before you go. I've been alone for so long, and so many can't see me. They walk by me, never aware that I'm looking right at them. There was a time 
a long time ago, when people knew what I was, at least. They knew that I had a place in the world. Maybe not in their world, but a place in the world all the same. And in time, that place became smaller and smaller. I was pushed out of the world, pushed back further and further into the empty places where few bother to go. I'm still there if they care to look. After all, you found me. I ask only one favor of you. Please stay for a moment longer before you leave me alone again. Thank you for listening. This podcast wouldn't be possible without your support. And I want you to know that I appreciate each and every one of you. If you like our work, please leave a comment or review. You can follow us on Twitter at Alabaster Bible or reach us by email at thealabasterbible at gmail.com. This podcast is written and produced by Janiah Riley. Narration for this episode was provided by Janiah Riley, and the theme song was composed by Funk McLovin. We hope to see you next time, and remember to watch yourself out there. You never know what's watching back. <laughs>